Great time? Good. So we have one more hour of um, itinerant ministry, and that's a six-hour uh, course. And then we're going to start the other one right after that. So this next hour is the last hour of itinerant ministry. Then he'll then start teaching on effective ministry. And um, I just, you know, the Bible teaches about giving honor to whom honor is due. Yeah, and there are people that God uses to bless us. God uses to train us. God uses to teach us. A lot that I know, little really, because I, I don't think I know so much about administration, ministry, working with someone. There was someone who taught me that I understudied and worked directly with. Uh, and he has been such a huge, huge blessing to my life. And I just give him a good, 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 good welcome. He's a pastor of Graceville Christian Center, pastor, uh, a church right in this city, Pastor Tunde Ayeni. Let's put the hands together and give him a God bless you, Remo, welcome. Thank you, sir, for coming. We appreciate it. Amen. He had that Pastor Shola was here and just so uh, loving, just so kind of him. And we appreciate that greatly, sir. Thank you, sir, for coming. Well, let's, let's put our hands together one more time. We appreciate that greatly. I appreciate that greatly. He's been such a huge, 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 huge blessing to me. That's a fact in every sense of the word. Let's welcome Pastor Shola once again to... Continue. Thank you. You can't imagine how much Pastor today and he has been a blessing to me and my family. I'm telling you the honest truth. Okay. I was reading Proverbs 15 15. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart as a continual feast. That speaks of attitude, isn't it? If somebody is afflicted, everything is evil. And the Bible says if somebody has a merry heart, the person has a continual feast. That's talking about attitude. Even though there's no feast, but because of a merry heart, it's like there's a feast all the time. And if you feel you're afflicted, everything appears evil. Even things that are good will seem to be evil. So our attitude is very important. If you go somewhere, you know, you, you, the air you carry around, how you appear, even if there's a problem, there's a way you are and you speak and handle things that makes it seem like there's no problem. And that will open doors for you. But if things were okay and everywhere you go, it's like you put wet blanket on everything. I remember one place that invited me over the years when I used to be a pastor in Kano. At a time, I said, Lord, I don't believe I want to come back here. Because everything was devil, devil, devil. Drama that will be showed, it will be devil. What the person on the altar will say, it will be devil. Everything will be devil, devil. So it will be difficult. It will be like you are struggling from minus when to be time to minister God's word. It will happen this year. And I said, I don't want to come back here again. Yeah, because they, they were emphasizing devil more than God in church. I thought, well, what's the point? It's as though they will first depress you and then you will struggle from there. There are people where I go to a place to listen to somebody and I, I want to walk out. I don't feel like listening. Maybe somebody died and then they are trying to make it seem like 
In anybody can die anytime, can be your turn tomorrow. You know, that's not what the that's not the aim of it. Your aim is to encourage people. Your aim is to let them see it in the light of God's word, not to make everybody see that it's your turn tomorrow. Like you're not dead for, and yeah, you know. I don't know why you are laughing. It's a serious matter. <laughs> We've talked about a good appearance along the line because people's first impression of you, you know, you, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression, like you say. Yeah. How someone sees you first is how the person, it, it'd be difficult to change the person's mind about you. So if you come out positively initially, the person is already half inclined towards what you have to say. And if you come out negatively, same thing, you know. So carry yourself well. First Timothy 4.2. When I started ministry, I was very young, and uh, the place where I was ordained, we were given callers. So when they invited me outside, it wasn't often then, you know, like I said yesterday, I think I minister more outside the church I pastor now than, not even I think, I know for sure, but I mean so many more times now outside the church than the church I pastor. So at that beginning, I wore collar. You know, the church that I didn't mean, that's where I was pastor. They knew I was a pastor. But on that place inviting me, I wore a collar. I thought I was too young. I was 24 or something. And then I saw the scripture. First Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. I saw it and I said to myself, it means there's a way you can carry yourself that someone will not despise your youth. And whatever else may seem to be a disadvantage. You know, sometimes it's your gender that seems to be a disadvantage. If you're in a place where everybody is male and you're female, or the other way around, or sometimes it's not being educated enough, whatever. Whatever is, it will be like a disadvantage. Let no one despise it. So it's my responsibility for somebody not to despise my youth or despise whatever else seems negative. How? By being exemplary in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So I said to myself, if I carry myself right, as the Bible says, nobody, so I dropped the collar. I didn't need to wear a collar anymore. And I can tell you this, all of these years, nobody has ever disrespected me. And it's not because I'm working as though I have boils under both armpits, you know. It's not in the, yeah. So, let's carry ourselves well. Particularly, and I tell you, you know, in the church where you are, if you are a pastor in the church, they already know you, they accept you. But they don't know you where you are going. Where they're inviting you and, and all that. So you have to carry yourself well. If you don't carry yourself well, you know, there are different things people communicate without realizing it. You can communicate that you are lazy. You can communicate that you are you gossip. You can communicate, you know, all kinds of things about you. So the Bible says somebody who is uh, a fool, we will think he's wise until he opens his mouth. Perhaps it is, isn't it? Yeah, that even a fool, when he keeps quiet, we think he's wise until he opens his mouth. Yeah, because the less you say, the better. You, when you are... Look, I've known somebody that they didn't allow the person to marry into a family because anything they were saying, she put her mouth. What didn't concern her? You know, they will be talking, you put mouth. They are talking, you put mouth. Ah, I said, this person, this person has someone wants to marry? No. Very nice girl. But just because she put mouth in everything that wasn't a concern, that's, I'm telling you the truth. So how you carry yourself is important. Yeah, when you are somewhere, just be quiet. Just hold on. You know, you attend something for the first time. You want to talk. 
Once I somebody like somebody, let's say we have been having this program for one month now. Somebody comes the very first time, wants to talk. When we talks the second time, talks like, why don't you sit down and keep quiet? You don't even know what's happening first. These things are important, believe me. It can close the door against you. Preaching effectively. We are still talking about itinerant ministry. That's the last point we have under this. Communicate with relevance. Jesus got the attention of people. See, when he told all those proverbs, he said things are related to them and he got their attention. A woman went to the well to draw water like we know in John chapter 4. And he was talking to her about uh, living water that she won't need to test again, that kind of thing. So he got her attention. In Acts 14.1, the Bible reads, Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke, Acts 14.1, so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. They so spoke. 1 Thessalonians 1.5-6 For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. See how our gospel came. Not in word only, so with word. But also in power. Also in the Holy Spirit. In much assurance. And then, what kind of people we were. How we behaved, our character. Proverbs 16:21. The wise in heart will be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increases learning. The B part is what I'm interested in. The sweetness of the lips increases learning. If somebody can communicate well, it's better received. So, saying earlier that you should not copy people, copy somebody's accent or those kind of things, does not mean we should not improve ourselves. We should improve ourselves. We should try to be better communicators. Let me tell you something. There's a general rule in communication. The fewer words you use to mean something, the better communicator you are. If somebody uses 100 words to describe something and you use 20 words to describe the same thing, you are a better communicator. The person who uses fewer words. So, personally, I use dictionary a lot. I use dictionary a lot. I want to know the exact meaning of something so that if I use a word, it will communicate exactly what I want. So, when I'm giving title to something, I want to use the right word for that thing. And like, because, you see, you, you are talking to different kinds of people. I was somewhere recently at a forum of leaders, and they were trying to ask me to tell them a secret. What was the secret? Because in the last regime in your state, when uh, late Senator Jemobi was uh, the, 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 the governor, we have three commissioners from the same assembly that I pastor. From one assembly, there were three state commissioners. And the man, the governor was a Muslim. And this was a Christian assembly. So they were trying to ask me at this forum, how, how? I told them honestly, there is nothing I did. I told them the truth, that there is nothing. That from the beginning, I need to just be like that. And that for their information, it's not as though I was trying to get, as a matter of fact, I said openly in church, I said to everybody openly, that nobody should come and meet me to go and talk to anybody. I will never disturb anybody's work. That we're going to pray for them openly now that if they misbehave, it's the same mouth we used to remove them. So nobody should come down here because that's how Nigeria is how it is now. You know, I know you call somebody, say, I will never ask any one of them for any favor. So I'm saying it openly now so that nobody will come and meet me. See, the chief medical director 
of UCH, he's a member of the church I pastor, he's a deacon in the church. My children, not me, not even me, my children, who work in the hospital, people go to meet them because they want connection to Timothy. Can you imagine? One woman, I want to drive into the office and somebody will kneel down by the gate. What is it? What is, what is her problem? She did something wrong in UCH. She was sacked because of what she did. Then she, she now traced the pastor of the church of where the person attends. What concerns me with the place of work, what is at work? So I said, you tell she's wasting time kneeling down. She should go and go to work and do, and do whatever you're supposed to do at work. So I should not call the person and say, somebody did wrong, sack the person, and then, then the person is begging me there, I, I restore the person to work. Why? Is that what a pastor is supposed to be doing, for goodness sake? You don't like what I'm saying, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's too hard for you, but that's just the honest truth. That's just the honest truth, yeah. See, that, that's how pastors lose respect. Let me tell you the truth. That's part of how pastors lose respect. Because when you are begging people for favor, if they do something improper, you can't use your authority. Because you have dragged your authority on the ground. No, I'm not saying it can't help people. It helps people. It helps people but I should not be trying to intrude or get too involved in the person's job. Because if that person does something wrong, so I won't attend any governors, anything. They will call me, they will, they will come and call you to come and come for something. I won't go. It will be important that we need to go for me to go. But why? What am I looking for? Yeah, because by the time they are carrying you up and down, all this kind of thing, when they're straight, it means you are also part of it. And the professor, I can never go. Money has been sent to me, but I returned. Now, we had a program one time, you know, seeing in the Bible that there were 120 trumpeters in the days of Solomon. So I called one of our trumpeters to get 120 trumpeters together. So we had a program that 120 trumpeters, the first time we did it, we had 120 trumpeters. We didn't know what it was going to be like. Some people came, they thought it was going to be entertainment. It was a serious affair. When those trumpets blared, you know, it was worship. So there was, there was an unbeliever there. We, we heard that the person tried for one week. Tried one week. He was crying every day. People went on their faces. Well, you know, we didn't know what to expect. We had not heard it before. 120 people, and later we did 180, 200, you know, and, and all that. It's, it's amazing. That, that trumpet is a very loud instrument. It's a, I'm not surprised how much in the Bible how that trumpet will blast when the Lord appears, the elders is. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, the person who started it now, so he, he now formed a group after that, after we did this thing. They called themselves Kingdom Brass. So, not, not everybody, not the whole group now, because they had to get people from different places, you know. Some were from police band, some were from here. All of them had to be Christians. That's the only thing we insisted on. So, they see me as their father now. So, so Kingdom Brass, maybe there are like 30, 50 of them, I don't know. So, they call them in different places now. They've been to government houses to, pre- to minister and all that. So, ah, they were so blessed when they went to government houses. And all time. They said, ah. So, they gave them honorarium, I should give them. They found out, where church did this people come from? Then they said, they, they sent money to me. Can you imagine? I can't remember. I would have 400,000 or something. Like that. I said, because of what? Government sent it to me. For, am I the one that came there to do something? Ah, people said, I said, for what? What, are, what? What's the purpose of sending it to me? Am I the one that came? I mean, haven't they given those who came something? Because I'm, nah, I, I don't believe in that kind of money. You know? yeah, if you collect some kinds of money, later you want mouth to say some kinds of things. Will you be able to criticize that government if they do something wrong? 
So I returned the money. I didn't return it to the person who brought it because I knew it wouldn't get back. So it was on our commissioners. I sent it through. Uh-huh. I hope he returned it too. I hope so. <laughs> so connect with people. Common interests. Things that touch the heart and emotions. You know what everybody's going through based on COVID now. You know, you know when, when you are going to minister effectively, you have to start from where people are. You have to say things that relate to them. If you're an itinerant minister, you should have an idea of the society where you are going and what matters there, and so on and so forth. There's nowhere you can start and preach Jesus. You remember Philip? Yeah, you, whatever that man was reading that day, he happens to be reading Isaiah. He could, if he had been reading any other thing, Philip started from that same scripture and preached Jesus. You can start from any subject, but preach Jesus. So touch people's heart, touch their emotions, be passionate, consider your audience, use suspense, use... You know, there are, there are things, you know, tools of, of communication. So, know about these things is important. There are times you need to pause for effect. There are times you need to, you can't be talking the same way. If something is eating you up, it will show that it's eating you up. You can't just be talking as though you are reading something and you think people are going to follow you. And so, it's good to know about things like that. Just study to show yourself approved unto God. Yes, yeah, study the Bible, but you also need to read materials that will help you because you are a public speaker. So, whatever affects a public speaker, affects you. The only thing is, you are not majoring on those things, but you don't want to put people off either. So say things they are familiar with. Jesus talked about the things he talked about. If Jesus were on earth today, his email and things like that he would have been talking about. The things that we are familiar with are the things we will talk about now. Because he talked about things they were familiar with then. So be current with events. We've t- talked about that. The examples in the Bible, as far as I'm concerned, if you are going to make a point, if you can give us scripture for it in the Old Testament, you can give us the New Testament, you've done your job. By the matter of two or three witnesses. If you can find it in the Old, find it in the New, and then give us a life example. If you can find a personal example too, so you've made the point. You don't need to say 50 scriptures for us to know to make the point. I think I, you are the ones I was telling you yesterday about somebody who spent so much time, he went on and on and on, and they had to disconnect. Yeah, they had to disconnect. I'm telling you the truth. They had to disconnect it. Because he was to stop and refused to stop. And it went on and on. By the time you are quoting 10, 20 scriptures over the same point, by the matter of two or three witnesses, the Bible says that's enough, you know. Humor is important. You need to listen to Pastor Tunde Ayeni. Humor. There's a way with humor, it takes the sting of something that can be painful normally makes you receive it better. We remember the stories of Jesus today. So we remember those humorous things and because of them we remember the points that were made. So if you are just a dry speaker, you just, everything is just koi, 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 koi. <laughs> but you see, be yourself. If it's not, for, if it's not natural with you, so if you are trying trying to use humor for the sake of humor, if he has no bearing with what you are saying, you will lose people. So if all there is is just to laugh, 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 there's no substance. That's why I said you need to listen to Pastor today. Yeah, because there's a lot of substance that is passed across humorously. But that's him. If you know his family members, when they are together, they will pick on one person and they will make fun of the person and everybody will be laughing and rolling on the ground. 
If you are the, if you are the outsider, <laughs> you are the one that have a problem because they are making fun of somebody and the person is laughing and rolling on the everybody's rolling on the ground. So that's how he communicates the gospel also because that's him. So if you try to be like that, Hallelujah. Human interest topics, stories, things, the matter. Cultural issues, very important. Understand people's cultures, particularly since you are going to move from place to place. John 13 from verse 23. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of the disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then leaning back to Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. I haven't dipped the bread. He gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. You know, somebody took this portion of scriptures to preach somewhere. And the person, the place where he was talking to, they came out with the conclusion that Jesus was a witch. Because in their culture, if somebody gave you food and devil entered you, the person is a witch. And it became a problem for the person to get out of that. Because he started from the wrong place. To convince the people he was talking to was extremely difficult. Because he said it by himself now. now could he, he could have started from another place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there are things that matter to some people in that culture. So things that are negative in their culture are not the things you should start with. Because if you go... You know how culture... Culture is, is, is a life for the people. That's what they believe it has been passed down from generations. So you don't start by challenging that. You take them from where they are and gradually you get to the place. Not that you just see that ah, and from there straight away you have lost them. From the first thing you have lost them. They don't want to hear anything. You have said, no, you're asking us to believe in a witch. So be conscious of people's culture. Avoid what they avoid. You are not being hypocritical. You are just walking in love. Paul said he became all things to all men. Why? So that by all means he will save some. That's why. So it's not because he was a chameleon. So understand people's problems and challenges and know what to stay with and what not to stay with. Let's talk quickly about some special kinds of itinerary ministry. We've talked about traveling internationally. Of course, you need visas. You know, those are common sense things. Different nations have different cultures. You know, you need to do medical things in some places. You need to have yellow card, you know, stuff like that. You need to find those things out before time, what and what you need to do. Because if you don't do it, they can stop you from entering some places depending on, on kind of where you go. We talked about accommodation yesterday, some kinds of food, you know, yeah. So if you're going to be moving, you're going to be traveling, you can't be forcing over food. You can't be saying you eat some kinds of things, you don't eat some kinds of things, no. We saw yesterday how Jesus said, what they said before you, you eat. So if you are forcing about food, I don't know whether you want to uh, be in itinerant ministry. You know, I, I don't know whether you want to do that. There are people who are traveling children's ministers, you need to take your stuff with you because unless we ask before time what they have there. You know, what do they have? What do they use? Because you know yourself, you know what you are familiar with, what we use to communicate your point. Whether it's a skit or whether it's whatever. So you need to ask before time. Don't get there before you start finding out what they have because if you're not going to be effective, what you are familiar with, you remember that David did not use what he was not familiar with on the day of battle. He was going to fight Goliath. And Saul gave him the, the, the armor of a president of a nation would be the best. <laughs> but he tried, he couldn't walk. And he said, no, I can't use this. It's not what you are not familiar with that you use on the day of battle. 
So if you are going to minister, you know you need things. Let them know before time. Do they have so so and so? What so so and so and so? Ask questions. For information, I ask questions about what I can wear or not wear before I came for this meeting. I asked Pastor Tokumbo, what is the dress code? I wanted to know if I can dress this way because it's not enough for me to assume that I've been preaching for X number of years. Because if I come in a way that you'll find offensive, then you won't receive what I have to share. So I asked him, how am I supposed to dress? And then he told me I can dress the way I'm dressed now. So that's fine with me. Because if he said I should wear a suit, I'll have one suit. If he said I should wear a bada, I'll have one a bada. Because the aim is to be a blessing. So whatever we put you off is not the idea. I want to receive what I have. But since he told me I can come this way, fine. See, these things, they are not tossed here, the Lord, are they? Common sense things. And they can make a difference between an open door and a closed door. And what you have that you can want to use to be a blessing or influence positively, you won't have the chance to do it. Simply because you didn't do the human angle. So there are human angles that God expects us to take note of. And we should take note of those things. So whatever you need, children you should take those things along. Or ask them before time what and what they have, what and what you can do, what you can do. Because in some countries, there are some legal issues. There are some things that you can do with children. There are some things you can do with children. So you need to find out those things and not just assume the way as they are in the place where you are coming from is how it will be where you are going. Ask questions and work in love. Women in ministry. There are women in itinerant ministry. Of course, there's neither male nor female. The Bible tells us that. And that's the truth. In value, there's no difference between male and female. But in roles and responsibilities, things are different. And when you get to a place where, for instance, they believe in covering hair, if you open your hair, they may not receive your ministry positively. So you need to find out before time. You need to know before time what matters to them. Because the idea is to be a blessing. So stay off anything that you know, you know, with time. If you are going to be there for a while, gradually, you know, you can show them things and gradually they will trust you. But until that, stay away from controversial things generally. If you know something matters to them, for instance, you see the handbill or poster of their pastor. Even in photograph, the pastor's wife's hair is always covered or she always hear her heart. Nobody needs to tell you that it's, it's important to them. Yeah, ordinary photograph that you see, you always see heart in the photograph. Then you should know it matters to them. So if you are going to minister there, why should you leave your, take your, make your hair open? Because whatever you have to say, some people, it's your head they are looking at. <laughs> so it doesn't cost you anything. Cover your hair. Yeah, cover your hair. You know, if your opportunity comes, if not, fine. So take note of these things. Be careful where you stay. Like I said yesterday, ladies come to meet you in my hotel room. It's better to come and meet her downstairs. And not let her come to your room because you don't know. Somebody can just open the door and you can be set up. There are people who set people up for all kinds of things, you know. So don't over-spiritualize those things. As a lady, be bold. Declare what you want to declare. But still stay a lady. Be a lady. See, behave like a lady. Don't behave like a man because you are a woman in ministry. Because there are people who behave like, they try to behave like a man. Because you know what I mean. Yeah, by the time a lady is making gra-gra too much. I personally, I, I, yeah, a lady should be a lady. That you are a ministry or you are preaching doesn't mean you should behave like a man. Because it's not behaving like a man that is a call. It's the anointing. Look, there are people who stay on one spot 
and speak very gently and casually and softly. And he's entering you. He's entering inside your spiritual body. It's about the grace of God. It's about the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's not about stamping feet. Just be, a, if you're a woman, be a woman. Don't say because you're a minister, you must make gra-gra, you know, and all that. Because since men appear like that, it means that's what you must be. God saw you before calling you. So don't try to become somebody else. You may need to conduct your own meetings. We talked about Joyce Mayer yesterday. So you need equipment, you need plans, you need staff, all these kinds of things. You know, organization is more natural to a man than a woman. So you, you might need people in your team who are going to play those roles. Like I said yesterday, the way you are structured can make a difference between the size of something. If you are just a one person, one solo ministry kind of thing, there's a limit to how big the thing can get. But if you have staff and as a man who takes care of some things and some other things for you, you've set yourself up for some levels of growth and all of that in ministry. These things are important. And Joyce Mayer's husband works for her ministry, for information, in case you didn't know that. We have some music ministers in the country today that their husbands are their managers because the men can take care of some things that women can't take care of. The woman will stand and sing and all that. I think I will go into music ministry in a while because there's a practical challenge there many times for music ministers which we may need to address. So let me run so that we can finish. Traveling music minister, 2 Kings 3.15. But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. That's upon Elisha. We know how that music can be a great aid to the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the right kind of music. So I'm trying to talk about music now. You know, there are challenges many times for music ministers. Because sometimes, you know, they do it for a living. They practice and practice and practice. Like eight people are part of their group or more. And then they come, you invite them, they travel down, and then the pastor calls them and they are blessed. And then they say, God bless you. And they expect them to go away, just like that. How are they going to eat? How about all the people that came with them and their families? How about school fees to be paid? How about these things? At the same time, it's challenging for them to charge. You want to invite a music minister, and then the person says, pay one million naira. Now, if in other areas of life there's growth, shouldn't there be growth in music ministry also? That there are different levels of it? If you want to raise me, now, how much are you going to give me? I say I'm broke, you want to raise me. I go give me 20 naira. It's not likely. Yeah, you consider my level, my status in life, isn't it? That same way, there's level and status in everything, including music ministry. So there are people you invite that X amount will be okay for, but X amount will not be okay for some people. So these are part of the challenges, which is why we need to talk about it at this forum. How do we solve this kind of issue? Because they have families to look after. And then they come and minister, and then you give them 20,000 naira. And then they are 10 in the tea. How, what's going to happen? How about the vehicle that they hired? They may not have their own vehicle. They had the vehicle. How do they pay this? How do they do things? So how, how can they minister well? <laughs> See, I, the way all of you are looking now, I'm happy. Because some of you haven't considered this thing before. So that, that's the challenge now. 
So people have gone around it in different ways. There's some people you want to invite them. See, that's part of why I was saying yesterday, it's important to, there should be an office. Because if you are referred to an office and you are dealing with office manager, then the office manager asks you what is in place for so-and-so, what's the arrangement for so-and-so, where are they going to be accommodated? You know, it's not the person you are dealing with, it's the manager you are dealing with now. So that somebody has taken care of that area. But don't you know the person is going to pay that person in the office? That person who is doing that work in the office has to be paid. So the equipments they will bring to come and minister for you. How does the money for the equipment? Do you know how much those things cost? So if you are going to give X amount to somebody who ministers God's word, and the Bible teaches that if someone ministers spiritual things, you minister back to the person carnally. And that's one person who is ministering the word. So if 20 people are coming with somebody, should the person not have more than the person? Do you see what I'm saying? So these are practical challenges that must, must be considered. I personally don't like somebody to charge. I don't want to charge. If one invited you to say it goes to some amount, I'm not interested. But you see, so I advise people that it's better to handle it this way. Let people know what is required. Let people know how many people are in the team. See, if you let them know how many people are in your team, you know that accommodation will be required. You know that this will be required. You know that this will be required. If you now leave them to use their initiative about what can be done, that's more decent than charging somebody. But you know, coming to minister in a church is different from a social event. Sometimes people invite them for a wedding. Your child is getting married at, uh, I don't know the names of your halls in Abuja. And then you invite a big name in ministry to come and play there. Is it ministry in the sense of somebody going to church? So should there be no charge for that? Are you getting what I'm saying? So, if you are a pastor, you have to consider this. And if you are an itinerant ministry, you have to find a decent way as a music minister to pass this kind of thing across to people. There's a group we know in Ghana, as far as I'm concerned, is the best a cappella group in the world, as far as I'm concerned. You know, when you say in the world, it's the one you have seen, isn't it? <laughs> they, has no, they are known as alabaster box. Oh, some of you have heard about them. They're, they're extremely good. I mean, they're extremely good. They're Ghanaians. They are full time. They're, they're extremely good. We invited them a couple of times. They said they went to U.S. Embassy one time. They wanted a visa. God showed them they were going to be all over the world. First time I came across them, it was in Minneapolis in the U.S. You know, I was flown down to minister God's word. They were brought to minister in I thought, what? Extremely good. So we're talking about where and where they had been. You know, they'd been to minister before the Queen in UK, different places. So when they went to, because when God was showing them, when they were praying and fasting, preparing all this kind of thing, God was showing them where they would go. How would they get there? How would they get visa? Then they said, they went to U.S. Embassy one day. They said, you, you sing? And they should start. Eh? Who should sing? If you, if you hear those people. Oh. They started. Everybody stopped what they were doing in the embassy. Everybody stopped what they were doing. Everybody came. Of course, all of them, they, they gave them much more visa. Back, back, back. <laughs> That's how God began to open doors for them. They are very good very good. So they will just tell you how many they are. They will need accommodation. They will need feeding. They will need to transport them and all of that. And then they will leave it to your discretion, whatever you may want to give them. You know, that's decent, don't you think? So, so that if you find yourself in that, but if somebody is inviting somebody for a social function, so you need to make up your mind, are you going to be accepting such invitations or not? 
the social ones or not. If it's social one, shouldn't you charge for that? So if they are inviting you for a social thing, will you charge for that? But if it's a church inviting you, so you need to have policies about things like that and decide what else. So if you know you want to strictly be a minister, then it's only church one you, and then whether you like it or not, some people will not treat you well. Whether you like it or not. So you have to accept that. Some people will not treat you well. So you have to, you have to know you are not in need for money. Yeah, you know it, it's about worship. You want to minister to God. And can I tell you the truth? I've met music ministers who are not treated well, and one person in the congregation will give them a check of 500000 You see, God has a way of taking care of his people. So if you are not bitter, and you just thank God and go, even if they give you what doesn't meet your need. <laughs> I've known somebody who will say, I will send you an email. And like, so the person will go, and now send you an email to let you see the details of what they put in before coming. By yourself, if you have self-respect, you will know that <laughs> what you gave them could not cover their bills. And then you will need to do something about it. All these things are important. So we can't over-spiritualize this, because these are human beings who have families to look after, and so on and so forth. So, charging versus honorarium, dealing with office manager, all this kind of, so wisdom is important. You need the company equipment, financials, all those things need to be talked about and addressed if you're going to invite people. Now, if you're a musician yourself, I will advise you to be a minister and not an entertainer. You know, there's entertainment in music. There's entertainment in drama. That's why they appeal to us. There's an entertainment angle. But don't primarily set out to entertain people primarily set out for lives to change and spend time praying and fasting and all those things because if you rely on skill you'll be very surprised that skill is it's not going to change anybody's life when we just go to the city where i live there were some white people who used to sing on the television if not i saw it i wouldn't have believed that somebody would be so skillful and there's no oil on them at all it was supposed to be a christian program they will sing and sing and sing no anointing at all. If there was a way to describe that. Of course, not going too long after that, he went off air. If you listen to Pastor Kumi on radio, if you are not listening, you are watching, you are doing something, and he's talking on radio, after a while, you will stop what you are doing. You won't know how it will happen. You stop what you are doing, and you start listening. Has it happened to you before? The anointing of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, when you go to the place, that's how you will be talking. You will stop what you are doing after a while. You didn't hear at first, you are busy doing things, you will stop what you are doing after a while, and you will begin to listen. The anointing of the Lord draws, like I said earlier, power, and it's to produce change in people's lives. So, you can sing, and everybody is enjoying, and all is their feet. Their, their feet are just moving. They're just happy, and just entertainment. Okay, if you're an entertainer, fine. But if you want people's lives to change, it will touch people's hearts. Their hands will be lifted to God. They will bow. Tears will come from their eyes. That's when you are impacting lives. And that's the kind of person I think a Christian musician will want to be. Because if it's just about money that you want to make, you make money, you will sing and dance and all of that, but nobody's life will change. But think of David, who they invited. And the hand of God was on him. And when he pleaded, the evil spirit departed from Saul. That's impact, don't you think? That's the kind of thing we should be after as Christians. So, we've talked about women in ministry. We've talked about the traveling uh, music minister. We've talked about children's minister and uh, traveling outside, the things we need to put in place, and so on and so forth. I, you know, I, I, I remember seeing this in Pastor Tunis Church recently. The day I turned 25 years in full-time ministry, I was 
entering the U.S. because I was invited to preach. Now, it was challenging because earlier on that year, I had been there for one week only. And now I was going for one week again. This was because the person who invited me, or talking about itinerary, that's why I'm using this example. You see, somebody can't be inviting me for something and another person wants to invite me during that frame that this person paid for and I should just accept that invitation. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because your church is paying to bring me. Now, I can stay for another weekend if I want, but if another church wants me to minister then, should I do it without the person who invited me? Because they paid for it. So, I have to refer them to the person to say, you want me to minister, you have to see them, if it's okay by them, because they're the ones paying. So, when such thing doesn't happen, when we, and it's a long journey. Like two days of the journey are gone already. So, one week. Now, if you go to the U.S. for one week only, and another time that year you are coming for one week only, they can think you are pushing drugs. Yeah, because how, how can you afford that kind of money? How can you afford that money to come to America and stay one week, and then you go, and then you are coming another time and spend one week? What do you do for a living? Yeah, because they know it's expensive. So are you a drug pusher? What's the problem with you? Because I don't care about all this kind of thing. So that happened. And this day, like I said, that I was entering America that year was the 25th anniversary of my going full-time into ministry. I was invited to minister. I was going to be there one week. And I'd been one week before. So I believed God because I didn't want any mess. You know? but, I, mean, I don't carry drugs, whatever. So this person asked me how long I was going to be in the U.S. for. I told him one week. What do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, for how long have you been a pastor? I said, incidentally, today is exactly 25 years that I came into full-time ministry. He said, wow, must be a passion. I said, no, it's a calling. <laughs> so the person is likely to be a born-again Christian. I said, no, it's a calling. Hmm. He said, oh, pastor, just go in and enjoy your tree. And I said, and then as I walked, I, I remember he didn't take my fingerprints and all that. So I said, excuse me, you forgot to take my fingerprints and take a photograph. He said, Pastor, just go in and enjoy your stay. And I'm like, ah. I, since they started doing those things, that never happened to me before. So when I got to my host and I told him, ah, he said, even we that are American citizens, they must take our, <laughs> that kind of thing. It wasn't lost on me that it was honor from God. It wasn't lost on me. That 25 years of full-time ministry, again, somebody, something that should have been an issue, that you want to stay one week a second time, the person said, go in, pastor, and enjoy. And I said, you didn't take my time. Just go in and just enjoy your trip. And all of that. He wasn't interested in taking what he should have taken. It wasn't lost on me. That God was saying to me, you obeyed me. As long as you obey me, I will honor you. I think that's important. So I just want to close this on that note. So things that seem to matter. Just let God be your focus and the things he has in mind for you. No man to get his honor unto himself except that is called. It's in the place of your calling. Faithfulness that honor will come to you. Can you just bow down your head and give thanks to God? So we're stopping here now and uh, we'll take the other session now. Just give thanks to God. If there's something you want to believe God for. Father, we're grateful for things we have shared together since yesterday concerning itinerant ministry. Thank you for your gifts and callings are without repentance. Things that you have in mind for us to do, 
mistakes may have been made. There may have been doubts. There may have been hesitancies and different things that are not right. We ask for your forgiveness. Things we may not have handled right. We believe you to help us. And Lord, looking at things in the light of your word, help us. Having laid our hands on the plow, we will not look back. Help us to love you and put your concerns above whatever else. And thank you because what you have done for A, B, multitudes of your servants, you can do for all. You are no respecter of persons. I know how much of the blessings of the gospel of Christ I have enjoyed as a person that my family has enjoyed. Although I don't even know it all. There are things you've done on our behalf that I'm not even aware of. I'm grateful. Hello, if there are anyone going through a hard time here today, anyone that needs to turn around in ministry, your hand is stretched forth. None can turn it back. We receive a breakthrough where necessary. We receive open doors. Thank you for everyone that will remark able testimonies to your glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening.